up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Welcome to Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. It is the first week of August, and yeah, you heard me right. I cannot believe how fast the summer is rolling by. So that means we have a little bit more time to try to squeeze some personal time out when the kids are in camp or you're on a little vacay, a little staycay, whatever it is. Hopefully you've carved out some time to read that book, to listen to this podcast, to watch that show, maybe stream a show you haven't watched before. I wanted to bring you an episode with a friend who reached out to me in the early days of putting this podcast together. Her name is Nubia Henderson. She emailed me and said, I think I would be great on your show. I'm a yogi. I'm a mom of a seven-year-old. Our kids are a month apart. And I really want to come on and talk about other people that inspire me and add to the collective of Mama Stay. So take notes. She gives you some incredible Mama Stay parenting coaches. She also talks about some incredible yogis to follow on on social media. So this is going to be jam-packed, filled with new friends and some friends you're familiar with because I spotlighted them right here on Mama's Day. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Please welcome our girl, Nubia Henderson. very, very centered in this mommy space right now. And it feels like all the places that I've been in my life, the different sort of tribes, so to speak, that I've been a part of never really felt like home like mom does, which I never in a billion years thought I would say ever, 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 ever. And in a thousand more evers. Okay. First of all, I'm not one of those women that like, can't wait to have a baby. I just, I'm not. I'm with you. I just wasn't. However, when it was my reality, I went kind of numb and I was like, okay, well, God doesn't make any mistakes. So this is the next chapter. Strap in tight. I have no idea what's on the other side of this. That's a fact. Yes. Gate called mommyhood, like zero, like, oh my God, never been more clueless actually um, about anything, not even getting into the industry. I felt like I had more control there than a human is going to come out of my body. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right with you. I mean, I had Zahara when I was 33. I just turned 40 and my plan was to have a child when I was 40. So 
I was terrified, to be honest, you know, fully grown. I was in my new career as a teacher, but I was terrified. When you say didn't know what to expect, that was me because I was not in my plan at all. That moment I was like, oh, okay. It just completely shifted my world and my, all my plans, all my plans. What is it? God laughs when we make plans or something like that. So, yeah, I totally know what you mean though. I was, I was expressing to someone that when you have a baby, even as prepared as one, you know, would think you can be like, when we think on the outside, like, okay, I'm financially secure. You know, I know where my baby's going to live. We've got enough money. I've done my research, all that. You're never going to be prepared because you just don't know the being that you're going to be blessed with, you know, that chose you. You just don't know. So I, I completely agree. I love that you said the being that chose you, because that's another component that I don't know if people truly understand. And I think it's a level of conscious parenting that is still new to people. That word that those two words get a conscious parenting. Are you familiar with Dr. Shafali? I love Dr. Shafali. Yes. I, yes. I, I gift her books. There are a couple books that I give to people. Dan Millman is one author and then Dr. Shafali is another. Um, I just have friends who had a book. They just had a little boy and I gifted them. Yeah. The conscious family book. So yes, I love Dr. Shafali. It's powerful because then you truly understand that our babies come here. They're not ours. We are being blessed and gifted with them from universe slash God, Allah, whatever your higher being is. And we are tasked with keeping them safe, giving them parameters. So even though it wasn't planned, how did you, in those nine and a half, 10 months, how did you come to terms and prepare yourself? Wow, that's a great question. I don't know that I did come to terms in the nine months and prepare myself. You know what I'm saying? I think I was going through the motions of what I thought I should do. What I can say is I know I became very laser focused um, on the task at hand. And so, you know, when it came to researching what procedures I needed to go through, you know, we have to have the glucose test and is it the strep B, like all those different tests, whether to, um, you know, have a doula, not have a doula, home birth, natural birth, like all the things. The task of preparing to have a baby was so much that I don't I don't know that I even thought about it. And I I will definitely say after having my daughter and even up until this day is where I feel like I don't know if I want to say I'm I'm ready, but I, I feel like I've grown to accept this assignment because it was so work. And like in an instant, you know, everything changed. And I just I don't know how to like, that's the best way I, I put it to people with soul work, because I don't know how to explain to someone the life altering experience that childbirth motherhood is and everyone's, you know, lesson or preparation for that is going to be very different. I was looking for a book, like a toolkit, which is when I found Shafali of what do I do, you know, with my two-year-old. Because in a moment of um, what do I do with my two-year-old when I don't want to parent her the same way that I've been parented? And people around me were, you know, very much into spare the rod, spoil the child. And I'm just like, uh. so trying to figure out what to do in that sense. Um, I was looking and I found Shafali. At that point in my journey, though, Shafali was definitely over my head. I'm going to be honest. I couldn't grasp it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm looking for 
an actual like tool. Like, okay, this is a scene. I'm I'm dealing with child trying to get child ready. What do I say? And child doesn't obey. What what do I do now? I was looking for like literal, you know, instructions. Having like been on the journey now and done tons of work on myself, I am like so grateful for her perspective. I'm grateful for my experience, but I'm also grateful for like a new community of moms, which you're a part of who have been doing the work and get it. This is why the Mama Stay Collective is so dope. I love that Nubia brought in the destinies. We love the destinies, Destiny Anne and Destiny Bennett. And I'm going to tell you right here, you can check them both out right here on this podcast. Destiny Anne is on episode 16 and Destiny Bennett is episode 31. So dig back into the archives and check them out in all of their glory. And yes, they are absolutely vital to our momming toolkit. And they both have books. That was a couple months ago when we recorded this and only Destiny Bennett had her book out. But I'm excited to announce that Destiny Ann, also known as Manifest Destiny on the social medias, has also released her book a couple weeks ago. So check it out. Remember I was saying Dr. Shafali was over my head. Yes. The thing that I think is amazing about just the emergence of IG and women like Destiny, well, Destiny's, Destiny's, the Destiny's, (laughs) um, is that they're live examples that we can see, right? We didn't have this before. So even if they present to us a scenario and it's not exactly the scenario that we might experience with our child, we can glean so much from them, right? Because it's our language. It's not necessarily the literal language, but figuratively, it's the way we rock through the universe. We understand that parenting and how clearly it's breaking the trauma, the curses of whatever trauma we've all been through. It feels very intentional, but we also, it feels very accessible. Absolutely. And accessible is the key word. And what I was speaking to in terms of the process is at least both destinies just talk about the process of the work that they have to do in order to hold space. It's something I also talk about in my classes, um, or at least after my classes with the families. It's like we have to have tools to regulate ourselves in order for us to show up for our children so that we can hold space. Every single day. And the thing is, is like, you know, as much as we wanted to be like, I read this book and I'm good to go. It's like our kids every single day throw a wrench into the program every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. day. I interviewed my girlfriend, Anita Kopach. I don't know if you know. I don't listening. Yeah. And I I see the promo for her book. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. She's amazing spiritual psychologist, but that's a fancy term on top of her just being so connected to source. She's done so much beautiful work. Her book, Shallow Waters, is literally the journey of Yemeya. Oh. That she downloaded over seven years. Like, speak to me, Yemeya. I love it. I love it. And it's the journey of Yemeya not knowing who she was, which is parallel to Black women not knowing who they are. Truly. Wow. Mm. I'm going to pick that book up today. It's going to go in my Amazon carts. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to pick that book up because that speaks to me so much, even because I did go on her page and 
when she says, when God gives you an assignment, and I'm jacking it up. So if I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> I give you an assignment, you're also given the way. And I was just like, yes. So it's key to remember, you know, because the ego will get in the way and self-sabotage, all these fears, all these things. As a yoga instructor, that's what I'm trained in. Over the years of me practicing, I came to understand that yoga, of course, is just one of the, or the asanas are just one of the eight limbs, right? The, the physical postures. And there's many different forms of yoga, right? Kundalini yoga, Iyengar, like lots of them. I'm but an Ashtanga girl. Ashtanga, right. <laughs> you know, like there's Kemetic. But you mentioned kickboxing. And so a lot of times when I talk to people and I say, you know, I want you to find what works for you. Like yoga is an amazing tool, but as a yoga teacher, I'm not expecting for everyone to go and be a yogi. I am expecting for everybody to make that mind-body connection and for you to know what works for you and like, what's your jam, right? What's your thing? Because if that's your thing, that's what's going to allow you to use your body to clear your mind, channel your thoughts and be present. So that's the whole living Nubia Lives Yoga. It's not that everyone's going to be a yoga, but that you can access the tools to help you get to what does work for you and design your life in that way, you know, so that it's not an outlet or a hobby per se, but it literally it's your lifestyle. Especially in these times, it feels like privilege. And I've heard that about yoga. It's a privilege to be able to be still and breathe. Makes me want to cry when you think about it. Like, oh, not everybody has a moment to be still and breathe. Think about, I am a single co-parenting mom and I can barely find time. And I've got a part of co-parenting. I like that distinction. I like that distinction. I I caught that. I like that. Well, because, because being a single co-parenting mom comes with a lot of privileges single moms don't have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Single mommy is a whole, oh, my, right. gut, my guts hurt thinking about how, oh, it makes me want to cry. How much is involved for a single mother with no father around? maybe no reliable village because the village is also working nine to six and just getting it done. And how dare this society demonize that single mother for the very thing she's doing to survive. Yeah. That's a whole topic, but I, but I appreciate because I'm going to use that because sometimes I will say, Oh, I'm a single parent, but I like that. I'm a single mother co-parenting. I like that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and present. So presence is for sure the key. And so when we talk about having time or just the breath and how we quiet our thoughts, what I've been working on like specifically lately is being present, right? So noticing what are my thoughts? Is this a thought that's taking me back? Am I am I running through something that previously happened? Am I concerned about something that's not yet to be or am I present? And in order to access that, I tap into my breath real time. And so I think a lot of times, and I tell moms this, and this is something that I'm going to have coming up, just like 
one to three minutes that moms can access. But don't try to set yourself up for having to have big chunks of time. It's a moment by moment awareness of just being present, not a, I've got to have this hour. Because if we think of it like that, right, then it's so easy to say with this thought, I don't have time, but we all have time. And it's not even about what we choose. We just do have the time. We just have to bring our awareness to the moment and what our body is asking of us in the moment. I bought my first yoga mat when I was in college. I have no clue why I bought it, but I used it as an ironing board for a long time. (laughs) Coming to LA and I wanted to be someone's assistant. I wanted to work in development. Someone suggested, no, go and work um, in this building, get on a track. And so I was placing commercial spots for, at this time they were called like stations in a box for the the station group. Yeah, it it was very interesting. But it was something that I was really good at and it was easy and I would be done. But it was also like very stressful. I will also say this was like my first job and my first time working, working in an environment where I was kind of like one of the onlys or like the token black, black person. So it was, a, it was a little stressful. And I noticed that people at lunch or on their break when they were stressed, everybody was like downstairs smoking. Well, when I would need a release, I would... And I've not ever told this story publicly. So this is funny, but I would go to the bathroom and when I would hit the threshold from my office door to the bathroom, I literally would leap and I would get in the bathroom and I'll be like, okay, what is this? So I told my mom, I said, mom, either I am just insane or I'm not a desk person. And I told her, you know, my story of me leaping. And she was like, oh no, she's like, you're an artist. And I'm like, okay, well, this is not going to work. So I went looking. For a yoga class, I went in some local publication. I was living in uh, Palms and there was a Kundalini class up the street. So I had to request to be at work an hour later than usual. It was at a little park. And that was my first introduction to, to yoga. I fell in love with it because it was nothing like I expected. It was extremely transformative and gave me tools. I found myself just you know, now people call it progressive relaxation. Right. But and for me, it was Kundalini yoga. And I would go home and I would get on my mat and I would squeeze every part of my body and I would hold and, and I would release my deep breath as I slowly relaxed the other parts of my body. Um, you know, I did my frog poses, the breath of fire, all of it. It was just invigorating. And so it gave me the stamina so that I wasn't getting up from my desk leaping. And, you know, so that I could deal with all the aggressions and things that were happening at work. But I, I think, again, at the time, I didn't really, I didn't know it was a, a path for me. Like, I also was going to dance class, but it was, it was a beginning. It was like a, a, a gateway, if you will, of me adding tools to my toolkit of things that work for me. Yeah. Yes. No, I totally understand that. Kundalini is not necessarily what most people envision when they think yoga, but I think in terms of tapping in to that self-awareness and understanding the power of the breath and the nervous system, I absolutely think it's a great practice. Well, can you break that down for people who have never ventured into a yoga studio? I think the face of yoga may be challenging. You know, it may be a barrier for people if they're not familiar. 
I do. You follow a lot of yoga people, I would assume, on social media, right? You feel it because we like to curate our feeds and we like to have reflection. So who are some people outside of yourself or our audience to tap into if they want to learn a little bit more about yoga? And we'll talk about the benefits in a second. Who would those people be that you would suggest to women out there, mamas out there, in order to baby step their way into embracing yoga? Let's see. So I know a lot of people know Chelsea loves yoga. That's my Spelman sister. I think that's my sister. Oh, okay. Yes, she did go to Spelman. She sure did. Chelsea loves yoga. There's also Octavia Rahim. I'm a little bit of a nomad. So I lived in Atlanta for a little bit and I had an opportunity to meet Octavia. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that she and Chelsea connected because they're both out of Atlanta. But I think that she has a beautiful practice. I'm in Chicago. So I would be remiss to not mention Yasir Rahotep of Yoga Skills, Comedic Yoga. That is one of my yoga mentors and you know, he has trained a lot of people. He's extremely generous. He has a studio in Atlanta. He's opening up one here. But another one of my yoga mentors is Krishna Kaur, Krishna Kaur Kasa. She comes from the Kundalini yoga tradition. And at 70 plus years old, she's a wealth of knowledge. I got my children's yoga certification through her. She is still doing trainings till this day. Another one of my uh, mentors is. Lana Reed. She was previously Shakta Kalkasa. I have a special love for Lana because she is a children's yoga practitioner, but I feel like our energies are very much aligned and she knows this. She's also a dancer. She does Tai Chi. I don't know if it's being a children's yoga teacher and seeing the connectivity and the wholeness in it all, but specifically talking about Lana from art, from writing to dance, to Tai Chi, to the yoga, like she weaves it all together. And so we're very similar in that way that I don't see it as like, it's one way and it has to be like this. I see the, the holistic you know, nature of it. The full spectrum of possibilities. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's what you know, we have to do as a community. And I love what we're leaning into now as a woman mommy collective is that we're offering, we're sharing, we're going absolutely. over here, check this out. Which I think need to mention though. Yeah. She's a woman and a mother, and um, she's with an amazing community in Chicago, and that's Ayana Cook for Haji Healing Salon. So I'm gonna please give you her info too. But yeah, we do. We have to share, we have to connect and just really build each other up. That's at least my goal. So I'm hoping that everybody follows my journey and they can remember our conversation and think back to like, yeah. You know, like I've always been doing yoga by just doing me. Yeah. So. Well, well, this brings me to my next question, which is benefits. Like what, I mean, a woman's busy. Why prioritize 15 to 30 to 45 minutes in their life for yoga connection? So the yoga connection, the mind body connection, I think that that really, I'm honestly, you know, it's, it sells itself in that way of the why, like you level set and kind of not kind of, you do, you command your day. The other reason why, which I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent, like I think stream of consciousness, but it's very present for me, especially with remembering Bell Hooks. She has a book that's called All About Love. I would say next to Dr. Shafali, like after 
you know, I went on my journey of how do I want to parent Zahara, there is a section in the book where she's talking about our capacity to love. And as parents, are we really being loving or are we mimicking something that we saw? Or is there some sort of condition attached, like getting to this unconditional love? And from reading that, I was like, oh, that's so deep. So there is a condition, you know, to unconditional love. And that condition is to first love ourselves. If we can find the time to care for and love for ourselves, right, then that allows us to be loving in every aspect of our lives, every aspect for our children, in our purpose, out in the community. Like, so that's that's the why of it. It's the condition is to be have practice unconditional love. We first have to love ourselves. So that is the why. Yeah, that was a jam-packed episode from loving yourself first and foremost to bringing you some other moms that maybe you've missed and you haven't caught up with here on Mama's Day, as well as maybe looking into a new practice to expand your scope on the world, yourself, your mothering, and everything in between. Here we are serving each other and holding hands through this incredible and sometimes scary ride of mommying AF. Much love, y'all. You can always get in touch with me at mamastaywithtanikaray at gmail.com. And I want to give a shout out to, as always, my producing team, Jenny Media. Thank you so much. We are 40 episodes in, you guys, and I'm loving every step of the way. So thanks for rocking with us. We're excited to bring you some really cool episodes coming up. So we'll talk to you soon. Please be careful out there. Continue to keep your family and your loved ones close and vote. Don't forget to register because there's some crazy stuff going on. And that's all I'm going to say about that. going to stay in the light. I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah and mama stay. Mama stay.